Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about the nature of our God, which is so awesome. And we have this verse that we've all been memorizing is the end of the month. So I hope those of you who follow us and who, you know, are members have memorized it so far. I hope it's been really encouraging to you during this Christmas season to just be reminded of who our God is and how amazing he is and how wonderful he is and that he is worthy of our worship, that he entered into our world because of who he is and and how he loves us. So let me just read this verse to you. And then we're going to talk to our guest, Mary Wiley, about this wonderful verse. Um, Our verse is Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. I love it. So good. So good. It doesn't get old. It's so good. The other night I was like literally looking at my Christmas tree and just thinking about this verse. I love it. Yeah. And what a great reminder at Christmas too, as we celebrate Jesus's coming. And this was a a real moment in time that's kind of this between the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And we also, you know, as we celebrate Jesus's birth, the reason we celebrate Jesus's birth is because of what would come that that yeah. he would reveal himself as God the Son and that we would then get to celebrate in a lot of ways at Christmas both Jesus's coming, God's creation, his goodness to give us Jesus and then Jesus's resurrection and ascension and and ultimately his return that one day he will come back to earth similarly, although not as a baby, uh, but that we (laughs) celebrate that same coming, you know, Emmanuel, that same God with us who will one day uh, return. I just get so excited about it. And I I long for that. Yes. Love talking about that at Christmas. Yes. I, I, my husband is a pastor and he almost every Christmas season, when he first started preaching at Christmas time, he would always talk about Jesus coming back. And at first I was like, like, like that's a little <laughs> bit weird, but like, I always look forward to that. I look forward to those sermons where I can hear about the, the new creation and the newness and the, the renewal of, of all things that got it, like that it, it's not going to stay like this, that all the things yeah. that we want, that we desire, that we want to see be true and that we have this kind of glimpse of right now. And like you said in one of our previous podcasts that the Holy Spirit is deposit, like telling us that this is coming. Yeah. I want that. I'm ready. Absolutely. And I love that some of the hymns that we sing even kind of point to both. Like when we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, like it applies to both Jesus and to our longing Mm -hmm. for him to return. And so I just... I get so excited. I kind of feel like it's a bit of like a nerd literary device where it's like, yeah, we're actually talking about both. (laughs) It's Jesus and his return. And so it just gets me so excited. Yeah. Well, I love that this, that the book of Revelation, you know, the book that this verse is in, it ends with come Lord Jesus, right? Like the end of the book isn't the end of the book. It's like, come Lord Jesus. There's more to come, you know, wait for the next installment. It's coming. 
you know, yeah. and it's it's like the worst possible ending. Also, it's it, this has been <laughs> a really long cliffhanger. I'm not gonna lie; it's been like 2,000 years, but I'm I'm right. ready. You know, I know it's gonna be good. I'm still ready. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> just wants to make sure that you're feeling the same pressure that the Israelites were, like around oh, the time yeah. of the exile, when they're like, "Where is this promised Messiah?" Mm. Uh, and yet we get to see both in hindsight the promised Messiah that was and and is to come, which we're yeah. going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay, so who is, who was, and who is to come? Let's talk about yeah. that. Okay, so for those of you who, who haven't heard any of our past episodes, Mary is a student of theology. She has her master's in, what did you say? Theological studies. Theological. I wanted to say theology, but I knew I was wrong, so eh, thank you. Same same and difference. <laughs> she still wants to go back to more school because she just loves it so much. I do. It's true. Yeah. She's just waiting a little bit because life, but <laughs> yeah. it may happen. It may happen. She also wrote a book called Everyday Theology. Um, it is a Bible study. She does such a great job of explaining theology in terms that like theology seems like a big kind of heady word. Uh, but Mary does such a great job of just explaining things in terms that you can understand. So this book is for everybody. Uh, it's not just for theology geeks. Her like self-admitted most excited thing is that she can take all of the geeky nerdy things and like sift them down for us normal people and speak them out in ways that we can understand. So thank you, Mary. <laughs> well, we that's very kind. That. Very kind. So can you take this concept of, you know, who is, who was, who is to come, like the eternality yeah. of God and give us, like, help us understand that. Be I mean, like, I know it's in some ways it's sure. not understandable because we're not eternal, but in, in layman's terms, like, give it to us straight. Yeah. Well, uh, you hit the nail on the head that it's so hard for us in our little brains to really understand mm -hmm. how God could be before there was time, how, how there's never been a time when God was not. Uh, and that is Father, Son, and Spirit, that they have been in perfect union as a triune God from who knows what, like there wasn't a beginning. And so even our vocabulary, I think we struggle because it's like, well, I want to say the word from, but yet it didn't come from any time that he's just always been. And the mm. beauty of that is that our God has been, will be, and forever is with us, will be with us, that there's nothing outside of his control, that there is nothing outside of his knowledge, and that he is a good God. And so that is for our benefit um, that he has been. I think often we're tempted to see even like the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament as somewhat disjointed, mm. that the God of the Old Testament is is more wrathful towards sin, that he, uh, you know, is more about disciplining his people and then in the New Testament, he's more about loving his people because we see Jesus and we see grace and um, all of these concepts that we hold so dear in the, in the Christian faith. And I, I fear that often we think of them in a lot of ways as two separate gods. And yet this verse, as well as the whole council of scripture, tells us over and over again that our God is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Hmm. The same God who led Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea is the same Holy Spirit who lives inside of you and guides you each day and convicts you of sin. Mm. That 
God, yes, he is wrathful towards sin. And we do see that in the Old Testament, but he is just as wrathful towards sin in the New Testament. We just see it poured out on Jesus instead. And that he is just as loving. Like we see, I love the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. And now I don't love it because over and over again, I just feel like they're being silly, which we kind of talked about <laughs> yes. in an earlier episode. Uh, but I love that we see God's love for them and that their shoes didn't wear out and that he was feeding them and that their clothes for 40 years. Y'all, I have holes in leggings that I've owned for two years. I, it's not fair. That is not fair because they're always the best pair too, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the right. ones that I wear multiple times a week. Oh. Um, and so, But their clothes didn't wear out for mm. 40 years. That God in his love sent prophets to warn his people of what would happen if they disobeyed. That he he lovingly, even when they demanded a king and God kept saying like, I am your king. You don't need a king. You don't need to be like the other nations that despite their need for discipline, that they were not being obedient. They were not listening to him. Despite that, that many times he gave them really good kings. Yeah. And uh, you know, he gave them opportunities to worship him in the temple and to meet with him, even as high priest, the high priest that would go in and actually like meet with God. Like, let's talk about a God who wants to be with his people, who mm. wants to be known by his people. And as we get into the New Testament, I think we see this beautiful picture of who God is and that, yes, he's wrathful towards sin. Yes, he's loving and he's gracious. And we see all of these things wrapped up in the person of Christ. Mm. And then we also see as Jesus dies, and as Jesus is crucified, that the veil in the temple is torn and that God has come to dwell among his people. And of course, we all know shortly after in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit come and just really like light the church on fire. Um, and that that same God, who is and who was and who is to come is the one who leads us today. That he has the same power uh, over sin, over death, over situations mm -hmm. that he has always had because our God is unchanging. And so I just think really, really thinking through like, okay, let's think about who God shows himself to be in creation. Uh, who God shows himself to be in the way that he leads his people throughout the Old Testament and the way that he sets up opportunities for his people to meet with him through the sacrificial system and through the priestly system um, and who continues to march us towards more of his presence mm -hmm. um, that we have the Holy Spirit now. And as we talked one day, we will, we will see God face to face. We will dwell with him. Um, I just think this verse is such a beautiful picture of just the whole idea of God's goodness to us both now and forever. Uh, and that, that also, so, so God is not one that has no beginning and then has some end point, but that he has no beginning and no end. And that because we are one with Jesus, we are one with God, the son that we get to participate 
in that eternality uh, because we are hidden in him. And so we get to spend eternity in, in our lives. So once you become a Christian, your abundant eternal life begins. Mm-hmm. And often I think we think, oh, well, yeah, that starts when I die. And yet we get the Holy <laughs> Spirit. You know, we, yeah. we get to experience him today already is the glory Mm -hmm. of the kindness of our god oh mary that is so good i feel like you just took us through the whole story and just (laughs) made it all focus in on what we're talking about in this verse and one of the things that you talk about is how when when we really believe the things that are true that it just it affects everything about us, right? It really yeah. matters. So when we believe these true things, when when this like trick, like what trickles down from our head, right? If our head has the proper knowledge, it gets down into our heart. Yeah. That is what changes us and and transforms our lives and affects our actions and the way that we treat other people and the way that we um, worship and and what we find what we how we prioritize our lives. So how does this verse? you know, mm-hmm. about God's eternality and, and and some of the things that you're talking about, about our own eternality. Um, yeah. How does this affect our daily lives? Like if you're thinking about this verse and you're thinking about all the things that you just kind of process through for us, how does this particular concept about who God is change you, Mary Wiley, in your day to day? If it's something Absolutely. that, you know, you hold in your mind and you're thinking about. Yeah, well, I think just remembering that God is almighty, that he is in control is going to change the way you respond when inconveniences pop up in your day. So something that I like to keep kind of front of mind when thinking about this concept is uh, asking myself, is this going to matter in five years? Is this going to matter in 10 years? Is this going to matter in eternity? And often that answer is no. Whatever it is, is not as big a deal as I'm making it. And that I can rest in the fact that God is holding me, that God is in control of all things and that he has always been, that I'm mm. not holding up creation in any way. He didn't need me, <laughs> right. need me before uh, and he doesn't, he won't need me after, but he chooses to love us anyway. And, mm-hmm. and so I think just keeping that perspective really helps me when it comes to like, if I'm completely distraught by something. When I'm reminded that, oh, no, God is in control. This is not the end of the world. I mean, and really just what we believe is true about God. It really affects every decision we make, whether indirectly or directly. And so if we're thinking about who God is and how he's made us, I mean, even what I choose to eat for breakfast is going to reveal what I believe is true about how God made me and how God uh, made made food to fuel me and how he is intending for me to live during this day. So if I eat a cheeseburger for breakfast, like three of them, I'm going to (laughs) feel pretty junky all day and I'm not going to be able to do what he asked me to do. And Mm so um, as silly as that example is, it really is true that when we fix our eyes on Christ, that all of our obedience, all of our actions should fall into place in light of who he is. Mm. 
and in light of what he has said is true in his word. And so I think this verse in particular just really puts us in our place of like God is the sovereign one. And I think COVID has uh, really escalated this for me. <laughs> yes. It's like, you are not sovereign. You cannot make this virus go away. You cannot like make schools stay open or determine who on your team at work is going to get the virus. Mm. You have to just live as a creature mm-hmm. who has been created, who deals with what comes at her the best that she can in, in a way that honors Christ in the best that she can, and that you are not a savior. Like you are not going to be able to control any of this. Mm-hmm. And it's just very humbling Isn't as it? someone who really likes to control things, who really <laughs> likes to have a plan and for that plan to work mm-hmm. and to, you know, just carry that out. It has been incredibly humbling. Yeah. And to remember uh, that that's for our good, that yeah. the Stripping of our control is actually the best thing that can happen because our God is Alpha and Omega and he is almighty and he is the one who is to come. I agree with you in my head. I'm like, yes, you are (laughs) right. But my heart is like throwing a temper tantrum just a little bit right now. Um, Occasionally that happens right now. Um, Because because really it, it is a stripping away of what is actually false anyway. Yeah. You know, because we're we're really living under day-to-day typically a false assumption that somehow we are in control. And so you're you're absolutely right. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of the Matrix movie where he's like, okay, now if you if you take this pill, you're gonna forget all of the real true things that you just found out. But if you take this pill, you're gonna have to live with it. And it's gonna yeah. be hard, but it actually is what is true. And so I think sometimes as Christians, we think that we get to have the truth and the easy life too. Um, and that's yeah. not the case. We have the truth, and the truth actually is hard sometimes and but it's yeah. for our good it is always for our good that we have a good god who you're absolutely right is in control and he wants us to live in light of that truth of who he is and and even when we see things and we're like man this is hard sometimes it's for our good yeah whether we absolutely. like it or not <laughs> it's so true and oftentimes we don't like it no because it does require us to surrender mm-hmm. nobody likes to surrender surrender is not easy it is much easier to like put our foot down and say no this is how it's gonna be no i feel like i have had some covid tantrums real oh, real yes. like legit like i feel like i'm a two-year-old like but but That's i real. want my thing <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know? I just want things to be normal. Oh man, it is hard. But you're right. Yes. It is good. It is for the good of the church and and for the good of people who don't know Jesus. That has yes. been my biggest prayer in this time is that, you know, as hard as it is for me to go through this, if it is for the saving of souls, if it is for people to see their mortality and to want for something more, to to know that, you know, when you take away all of the bells and whistles of life, what is there? And for people yeah. to contemplate that, it's, you know, all right, God, you can do Absolutely. it. <laughs> Absolutely. I he got thought. my permission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's not asking for it, but nope, we'll give nope. it to it. <laughs> I saw a beautiful quote today that specifically was kind of centered on COVID. And um, I, I can't remember who said it, but it just said, it was like a question and answer. It was as if someone was saying, are you a Christian? And the answer was, ask my neighbor. And I think mm. there's 
such an opportunity right now, as you talk about during COVID, that um, our faith kind of becomes becomes action, becomes what we're known for in seasons. I mean, we see traditionally throughout history that in seasons of plague, in seasons of strife or war, that the church really uh, bands together and becomes this force to be reckoned with because God is doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, that was so convicting for me of, am I a Christian? If someone looked at me and said, are you a Christian? And I said, well, go ask my literal neighbor that lives down the street. How would they respond? Would they easily say like, yes, they love us so well and that they, you know, they have been examples of God's love and God's God's peace in COVID. I think we have such an opportunity to be an example of, of God's steadfastness, his unchanging nature to say, this does not surprise the Lord. We do not have to be anxious. Sure, be smart and and be mindful and be wise, but we don't have to live as people in fear because we trust a God who is, who was, and who is to come. Oh, preach, girl. Oh, well, we are out of time again, Mary. I just have enjoyed our conversation so, so, so much. So thank you. I know our listeners have enjoyed what you've had to say. It's just really illuminated that text so much more to us. Um, So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and your learning. And thank you for sharing your stories with us too. Um, For those of you who didn't hear her kind of personal testimony, go back and listen to episode one. It's just so good. Um, So get to know the person behind the brain. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, Mary. And for those of you who want to find out more about Mary, just check out the links um, on this podcast. And and she's written a book that's a Bible study about theology. And it's just, it's all good stuff. So again, thanks, Mary. And I hope you have had a really great season this this time of year. I know it's been tough, but I hope it's good. Thank you so much for having me. I have loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So fun. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.